Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Talk Local. Today, I am joined by St. Jude CEO, uh, Miss Linda C. Perez, according <laughs> to Facebook. Linda C. Perez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's me. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is one that I was looking forward to because we met about a, about two to three weeks ago. Yeah. And it was, uh, usually I run into you in a bar or <laughs> in some kind of nonprofit event. Or meetings. Or meetings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's clarify that. <laughs> you are like the biggest hustler ever. And I, uh, I always. Oh, maybe that's a wrong choice of words talking about bars. Should we do but bar hustle? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So this is probably the worst start I've ever had <laughs> into a podcast. My apologies. The most ambitious. <laughs> the most ambitious. Well, you're a networking like like yes. you're unbelievable at that, and I think Thank that's you. what I meant to say is yeah. that you you like you attach yourself to so many st- things mm-hmm. like different organizations, groups. I know you're part of like everything that's happening <laughs> Crown Point, and so I, I always seem to like run into you when I when yeah. I you know when I least expect it, right? And it's always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is always fun. And you said we met a few weeks ago to talk about this project, but we've right. actually met and yes. have known each other now for a couple of years. A couple of years. Yes. Which is crazy to think about. Yes. Is that is that mm-hmm. weird for you that it's been a couple of years? It's um no, I actually feel like like you and so many other people that I've met um since coming to Crown Point and St. Jude House, I've met so many great people and have made so many great friends and partnerships and connections like I feel like we've been we've known each other forever. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah. always it's like, it's like every time I see it, it's like it's like seeing an old friend. You know, it's like <laughs> right. it's great. And, and like it's uh, now that we get a chance to like work a little bit more together, it's even mm-hmm. more fun. You know, because yes. I can see more see you more often. Right. Which is great. Right. Um, and so you just kind of wanted to jump in a little bit, give people a little bit of your background. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are the CEO of St. Jude House. Mm-hmm. St. Jude House is a house that's not just gender specific with females, right. but it's also males, and that's yes. something that. I had to be aware of when mm-hmm. I first started because mm-hmm. I think most people assimilate yeah. women with, right. with domestic abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking mental and physical abuse. It's mm-hmm. not just limited to one. Right. Um, but you are a safe haven for those families. Yes. Yeah. So um, we are, our like proper or professional name is a family violence prevention center and shelter, uh, which our clients are domestic violence, sexual assault victims, um, but also homeless um so if we have space or bed space then you know we have room for homeless individuals um we do take in homeless as well and you're right ellen a lot of people don't think that men are victims as well but the statistics are one in four women and one in seven men so really those uh numbers are very close and um just thinking about that one in four one in seven men so um when you think about those numbers look at your circle of family and friends and you know someone um you have been you know someone someone you love has or will be affected by it and that's why we like to talk about the issue because we have to create awareness about it and the more awareness the more people are aware of it and how to prevent it so well, it's funny you say that one mm-hmm. in seven number because I think there's seven people in this house right now. Yeah. And so I guess that would be me. Am I the one who's been... It, a, 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 is this an intervention for my wife? It could be. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, um, you know, uh, I'm also a survivor of domestic violence. So uh, there might be four of us in here. Nice, or, or yeah. me and you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yes. Um, so that's why uh, this, what I do, is very extremely important to me. I have a personal connection to it, as well as, you know, growing up in a domestic violence home, seeing my mom, um, and as a child, I didn't know or understand it, so I thought that that was normal. That was normal behavior, and that kind of carried through into my adulthood, um, which is why it's it's very important for me to um, educate children and to try to get into the schools and create awareness around because children don't understand they don't understand what they're seeing in their homes and it's very important for us to start young uh, creating awareness around that that that's not normal that's not healthy and what is a healthy relationship so um, that's one of the things that we really try to do 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the, it's amazing that not only can you be the the like, I guess the commander in chief of an organization mm-hmm. like this, but you also have experienced it as well. So the level of empathy mm-hmm. alone is probably something that you can relate to more than sure. others, which mm-hmm. is fant- which is incredible, mm-hmm. right? To have mm-hmm. that kind of relationship right. and that kind of connection. Probably not incredible at the time, but incredible right. in, in hindsight, right? Yeah, I believe that every experience that we go through is just it helps us to help someone else. So um, you know, I have no regrets it was part of my past and experience and it made me who i am today so um i i have to be grateful because i have the opportunity now to help others and who thinks as a child i want to grow up and be the executive director of a domestic violence shelter like i didn't even know what that was or domestic violence so who grows up thinking that no you grow up thinking I want to be like Cinderella and I want to have the fairy tale and all that stuff. Was that your ambition as a <laughs> yeah, child? Yeah, Cinderella? damn Disney. You know, they messed things up for me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love Disney. But, <laughs> you know, you get this idea of what uh, relationships should be or what they, and then sometimes it just doesn't end up that way. So Sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's one of those, it's interesting to kind of see because I think um, when you're in a relationship like that mm-hmm. sometimes too it's like you get caught into like you're also part of that that's normal as well sure right mm-hmm. because it's not like you date a million people right and then you start to realize what's good and what's not right. good it's like you're usually not realizing it until you're in the moment mm-hmm. or you're out of it right absolutely right so it's a tough thing yeah and so you probably deal with a lot of people who are starting to realize it mm-hmm well right? Well, we would hope so, but, um, and here's another statistic. Uh, one in, there are, the average of someone going back to an abusive situation is about seven times. So it is a hard cycle to break. And one of the things that we really like to stress, it, it's not because they're dumb or we're dumb or stupid or, you know, not just physical abuse, but the mental uh, emotional, even financial. So there's a lot of different elements to what domestic violence is. And it's that power and control that someone has over someone else. And that comes in a lot of forms. So you could be like a really strong person. And when you're with that person you love and that person you trust, and they are constantly breaking you down, you're not that same person. So um, it, it's just... It's a very emotional and it's a very hard thing to do to get out of that cycle. Sure. And that's why people have to know there we're a resource. There's other resources that are available for for victims to help them break that cycle in their lives because if they don't break that cycle then it's just generational and it'll oh, yeah. continue. Yeah. Which is scary to think about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I know when we started talking a couple of years ago, you really kind of turned me on to the whole idea and the background of it. And mm-hmm. I think that was so what was so interesting for me and kind of what it is not only is it a great mission, mm-hmm. but um, to kind of be more educated about it really mm-hmm. is thing is different because um, like you talked about the it's not only about the mental and physical abuse it's also the financial stranglehold yeah, that a lot of these people are dealing with they've never had to deal with finances so it's mm-hmm. almost like relearning how to walk yes. in a lot of ways so and you guys do a lot with education with with uh, your clients as yes. well right mm-hmm. so um so this is a this is another thing that I like to be able to talk about is when people come into our shelter we don't just provide food and shelter right. like that's people think oh they're just eating sleeping you know whatever no we actually have a program for them so they're meeting with my case manager or my advocates an assessment is done and where we identify what are their needs what are the goals that they need to to set up while they're here with us and then my team helps them weekly meet those goals because the goal is to help them with resources to help them be self-sufficient when they leave us that's the goal for for the program so um, our team really works to help them change their lives and their lifestyle and um, and it's hard because that's why it's so important for us to form partnerships with resources, um, having housing available for them or ho- housing options, or sometimes they're dealing with, we might find uh, help them find a job, but then they, da- they don't have reliable transportation or they don't have childcare. So domestic violence um, is, it affects them in so many different ways um, that 
trying to keep up with everything to help them with is sometimes hard and that's why we can't do it by ourselves like we need a community and we need other organizations to work with us and in helping them which is why i've seen you running the network circles so hard (laughs) right that's why i'm building relationships so much is because we want people to know what we do what what our needs are and it's amazing how when you make those connections someone will offer something oh i know someone who can help with this so um it's been it's been a tiring few years um, doing all that networking but it really has paid off for us sure and i can totally relate starting this mm -hmm. about four and a half months ago it's been really like a sprint is Mm -hmm. what it feels like it's like if you're not meeting on top of meeting on top of meeting then you're going to some kind of event Mm -hmm. and you have to Right. Right. And otherwise, mm-hmm. and, and like, I feel like I've gained 10 pounds since. So I've got, I may need some tips on how to like <laughs> yeah. keep that from happening. I had to be creative with that because you're right. You're going to so many events. Oh, and, yeah. You know, cocktails and dinners and everything. Like it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's definitely hard. <laughs> One of like the first couple of weeks we started this, I had five meetings all in bars. <laughs> and by the end of it, it was like totally shit faced. You know, trust me. I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand. Um, um, One of the things I was really excited about having you in too is because I'm, always into like putting a different face on what mm-hmm. I think people have the stereotypes of what this is yes um, for example I know we do some work with the Lake Area United Way mm-hmm. and they're doing that Ellis thing and I think yes. a lot of people like when they think of poverty and families yeah. they think minority and Absolutely. they think of like not having jobs, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. essentially what that's trying to do is give people um, the awareness that it's not just those people. It's 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 not race specific, right? And it could be something that uh, through the math that they're having is like fifty five thousand dollars or less right. from a combined salary mm-hmm. for a house. Mm-hmm. You're one bad break away from being in real trouble. Yes, and so Absolutely. when it comes to domestic abuse, especially in this area in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing it's not just minorities and it's not absolutely. just low poverty. Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you for bringing that up because that is another stereotype that people have. And domestic violence does not discriminate at all. So not not education level, social status, a religion, um, any it doesn't at, at all. And, and again, I say that because at the time that I was going through my situation, I already had my MBA. I was already successful in, in a job and, and so forth. And you would have never known that I was going through that um, in private in my home. So people have this idea that it's a uneducated, poor, single woman um, minority primarily and that is not the case it is it is all over the board um, it does not discriminate and that is something that people um, should be aware of sure mm-hmm. and so that's awesome to hear that because mm-hmm. I think some people just need that confirmation that it's not that because I think a lot of when we talk about awareness stuff I think a lot of people can just put it on the, the feet of everyone else sure it's not me it's yeah, not us it's not you me. know and mm-hmm. so it's really just kind of having these moments where maybe you can take that moment of introspection and see what's going on around you yeah and take it in you yeah know? absolutely and people say well he doesn't hit me well does he put you down? Does he have control over you? Does he control your finances? Is he constantly, you know, telling you you're ugly, you're fat, you're, yep. you know, those kind of things, those negative statements to someone, like that is emotional abuse. So someone doesn't have to lay a finger on someone for it to be domestic violence. Right. Um, and, I, and that's a perception that people or misperception that people have and that's really not the case words hurt um deeper and go deeper than um sometimes the physical oh yeah mm -hmm. well i'll throw it i'm going to change it up you talked a little bit about um you having your mba when you were kind of going through it in your Mm -hmm. background and so i thought it'd be a good leeway into maybe talking a little bit about yourself because you Mm -hmm. are uh, born and raised region (laughs) i'm not i refuse to say region rat i refuse to say it yeah i'm not sure i want to be called a rat i don't (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) i honestly it's one of those things that just never Mm -hmm. makes sense to me but people are passionate about being called a rat and i'm proud of them (laughs) so what is your background like you said you went to bishop Mm Knoll, but like so i know you're talking about you pretty much lived everywhere at one point in (laughs) lake county like yeah i feel like (laughs) i have um so i was actually born in gary uh raised in east chicago i went to school um in 
in Hammond. <laughs> Bishop Knoll. I went to Purdue in Hammond. And then I moved I moved to Chicago for just a little while in my early twenties. And you know, I think it's always good to experience that Chicago lifestyle. And that's the time period to do it. <laughs> I missed my window. Yeah. I'm so, so frustrated. It was I didn't do it. very brief. And then um, <laughs> and then I came back home to um, I was in Griffith for a little while in Crown Point and then when I, uh, my ex-husband and I, we bought a home in Munster, in West Lakes of Munster. So we were there for a long time. And then um, now I'm back in the Crown Point, Cherville area. So yeah, I've never really um, ventured far away, but I'm open to it <laughs> because it's April and this weather, killer it's i'm not happy about it at all this is like the first year i've ever been like really glad i'm not doing sports right now yeah. baseball in particular because this would be brutal outside right, right. Now. and it's bipolar this area is crazy for that mm -hmm. stuff yeah and it's my birthday month and is it like I don't so you know. got a birthday month i have a birthday month so wow. i really do like do little celebrations all month because nice. i think life is a celebration and especially during your birthday month <laughs> you should enjoy you're another year older and yep. um i just think that it's fun and your birthday was a couple days ago right? it was actually on april 9th okay so it's, i've been i've so been I'm part of the festivities too. Just, it's like mardi gras yeah exactly so i just had another birthday celebration <laughs> with my girlfriends this past weekend and you know i have a probably a couple more coming up you know um having dinner with my brother tonight so that's one fun. of my one of my brothers yeah so um yeah so that's me and i you know i have my mba and um so what'd you study at purdue business uh, calumet mm -hmm. nice i'm a north central grad okay yeah now yeah. but now we're under one umbrella right uh so when you studied business business um, how was that business because I didn't know what the heck I wanted to be. You know, uh, the very first thing I've ever wanted to be when I was young was a veterinarian. I love animals. Sure. Um, but then I realized that I don't do well with blood and um, the, the loss of them. And that wasn't going to be a good fit for me. So veterinarian to finally get into high school, going into college, what do I do? And I'm like, you know what? Business seems to be something that you could take into any field. Um, so that's what I went with, business marketing, uh, HR kind of nice. Did, so did you knock that out in four years? I or did five years five. Yeah, because uh, well, for my undergrad, five years mm -hmm. because I was working full time and going to school full time. Wow! So you were one of those. I was one of those. But <laughs> Congrats! I, I have to say though. So as soon as I turned eighteen, I was like, oh, I'm going to move out. You know, I want to be grown and everything. And um, I did, but. Um, I only moved down the street. My parents owned an apartment building, so I was just like right across the street from them. My mom talks about this all the time too because obviously I was only like 19, uh, working full-time, going to school full-time, and then I wasn't making a lot of money or anything. And what job were you holding down at that point? Um, I think I worked for the city clerk's office nice. in East Chicago. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, yeah, it was nice to have families that, you know, knew people and whatever, <laughs> yeah. so I was one of those. Um, <laughs> But I, uh, we laugh about it now because I, I just moved down the block and I thought I was grown and corner from my parents' house and I would literally like go to their house and just get a shopping bag and like do my grocery shopping at my parents' uh, yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. So. I think uh, our audio engineer Josh Van Dyke does that right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was only nineteen and twenty at the time, <laughs> so that kind of worked for me. So. Yes, I thought I was grown, but I've always had like great support from my f my family, my parents, my grandparents, and you know, from my family. So sure. So you're mm -hmm. so you're going through the four the five years at Purdue Cal mm -hmm. business. My initial major was uh, restaurant and hotel management. Oh, okay. I the hours was what threw me off on that. Couldn't do. I was like, I don't want to want to work yeah, midnights. You know. So it's funny that you say that because actually. Um, it was about 10 years before I went from my undergrad. It was like almost 10 years 
that I went from my undergrad to my MBA uh, to go back for graduate school. Really? But See, that's the move. I think that's the move. Yeah. Um, Tom Albano, like a mentor of mine, he's like the assistant athletic director yeah. at PNW now. And I was doing like the English shuffle mm-hmm. where it's like you're getting ready to close to graduate. Yeah. And then it's like, what do you do? And no one can tell you what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, well, just figure it out. And then <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like, well, I guess I'm going to grad school. And he mm-hmm. was the one guy who's like, don't do it right away. Don't you, do it. You know what? No one had even told me that, but I think that's great advice. Yeah. Um, because by the time I, I had that break, and I, I was actually working for the casinos at the time, and I was with Harris Entertainment, which is now Caesars Entertainment, for 13 years. No kidding. Yeah, and that was a great career. And what it role was, did you have there? Um, I started off in marketing, and then um, as I moved up, I did HR, and then back in marketing. When I finally left there, I was over there. Uh, total rewards program at the Horseshoe Casino. Awesome. So I was the marketing reinvestment manager there, and I had a great career with them. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. They're so focused on customer service and development of their um, employees that all of that experience is carried with me, and I think that I'm a better leader um, and networker and everything because of my experience there. But it was during that time they offered tuition reimbursement and I took advantage of it. And that's what I would tell any young person is if a company offers tuition reimbursement, like really take advantage of that because that's how I got the majority of my graduate you know, program paid for was through them, so. That's incredible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and. What was your MBA in? Business again? Business, nice, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I had, I, I don't know, I had it, I don't like statistics. I'm not a finance person, but it, for your MBA, there's a lot of that. I'm sure. I'm not, I don't know how I made through, but I did. <laughs> um, but the other thing that having that experience and that gap made me uh, wiser and more mm-hmm. mature yep. when I was going for my MBA. So my grades were better. I was more focused, you know, so. Yeah, it was a good experience for me. Yeah, my first mm-hmm. time through school, I was very sim- well, not very similar. I didn't finish right, so mm-hmm. I was pretty immature at that point. Um, got caught up in the social capacities of a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, did some like random job stuff, and then ended up doing baseball. That took me okay. to like all the way around back to Purdue North Central. So I got a chance to redo my degree oh. as at an older age, mm-hmm. which was a much better experience. Right. I really appreciated it, mm-hmm. you know, than, than <laughs> I did it the first time. Um, but I know one of the things that we've been talking about a lot, and now that after I've started this, is really fascinating to me mm-hmm. is just the ideas of leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I know that that's actually the first time we met was doing a we were filming you and I was I was interviewing you about mm-hmm. women in leadership of Northwest that's Indiana. Right. right. Yeah. And so it's a fascinating topic mm-hmm. for me. Um, and so like w- what kind of like, I guess, um, lessons have you learned as like being in like the, mm-hmm. the leadership role um, or advice that you'd partake, I guess? You know, for, for me, it's always. I guess it's general leadership advice, but for me, it's always empowering women or younger women or like teenage girls as they're coming up in the world to really focus on themselves and getting to know themselves. Like, what are their passions? What are their interests? Um, Before you add someone else in the mix, a relationship, because as girls, I think we have a tendency to we want to have that Prince Charming. We want to be in that relationship. We want, And we lose focus of finding out who we are. Because sure. at 15, 16, you don't know who you are. Um, and I think those are good times to establish relationships with other girls, with um, having a mentor, an older successful woman as a mentor. Like, understand, women are so powerful. Young girls have... It just amazes me how I love the opportunity to talk to young girls and and empower them and tell them what what is available for them in the future, like limitless possibilities um, for women as leaders and entrepreneurs and, you know, just what do you want to do? And I think that when we have when we're in a relationship at a young age, we're still trying to identify who we are. Um, that we can lose track. And then it's like, um, what is my boyfriend? What does my husband want? And and not that that's a bad thing when you're in a mature... Um, situation? Yes, when yeah. you're in a mature situation. But 
we have so much to learn about ourselves that I think we're better women and better supporters to our partner when we know exactly who we are and what we want. So sure. So establishing me, your independence. Yes, independence, and not. I'm. I'm not all about like. Oh, I'm like anti-men or anything like that. Like, that's not what I believe. I'm. I'm not like that at all. I just feel like we should be pro self first in understanding who we are and what our needs are and what our interests are and our passions and pursue those, you know, and then get in a healthy relationship where your partner absolutely supports what you want, you know. So for me, it's been that and just to always empower people. Um, It doesn't matter if you're the boss or a front you know, a frontline employee, like you want to present opportunities for everybody coming up behind you because you're not going to be in your role forever. So you want to always like give people the opportunities that you have had. Um, that's what I believe. And so you just, uh, and when you, how do you establish that then, mm-hmm. I guess is a good question because um, I feel like with Liberty, you're watched Larry Sanders show. Mm-mm. One of the first things they talk about is that, like, it's a it's a one show in particular where uh, there's a bunch of people behind the scenes working, yeah. And then Gary Shandling's the only one who's mm-hmm. actually in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. But then there's one show they get the idea where they're gonna start putting everybody in front of the camera, uh-huh. and it just turns into a total nightmare because <laughs> yeah. they give everybody too much liberty, and too now they've got to scale right. everybody back. Yeah. And so, what's the? I mean, how do you kind of judge that balance of giving people too much responsibility, too much freedom? Yeah. Or how do you like man- like manicure them better? Yeah. Well. Well, here's the thing. Like you can empower them and give them like a little bit of freedom and flexibility and and then you'll be able to identify quickly when it's getting out of hand <laughs> and then you just kind of have to reel it back because some people are like and what I've noticed um, is that some people embrace it and they're like, oh, I can do this. Oh, my thoughts matter. Oh, you know, and then some people unfortunately are like, oh, that's more work. Oh, that, you know, I like what I'm doing. And that's why I'm, there's a place for everybody and not everybody wants to um, go above and beyond. And that's okay. Just whatever you're great at, if you want to be here, then be the best at this. If you want to excel, if you want more opportunity, then I'm going to help you get there. But there's, I've, I've never been in a situation where are, there are just everybody on my staff wants to be at the top. Right. You know what I mean? So it kind of balances everything out. But for those that want to learn and grow and want more opportunity, you want to present those. And, and not just in my work now, but just in general, uh, you know, young girls reaching out to me or being in your church or or at whatever groups that you're in like just helping other people get ahead too you know whether it's you're mentoring them or you have a resource that maybe they can access so i think it's all about helping each other sure yeah and so do you have ever go through like uh, moments of just identifying your strengths and weaknesses and oh. trying to figure out what like how to how to combat the weaknesses but yeah. accelerate the strength right yes i i absolutely know my weaknesses <laughs> and i know when i need to just take a step back and reflect and that's why like i would rather hire people around me that have strengths that i don't Mm -hmm. um and as i mentioned to you before like finance has never been my fun area like i cannot stand you know how to get the money i know how to get the money (laughs) and i I know how to manage it from you know what i have to manage it uh but that's not that you know how when you have a uh, your job and there's things that you love to do mm-hmm. and then there's things that oh my god I Feels have to like do a that chore. yeah yeah that's finance to me same here so but other than that I know when when I'm working too much or when I'm not doing self care I know when that's happening really so that's it, interesting yeah. mm-hmm. what do you do for self care <laughs> well <laughs> what I do for self care is um, I really enjoy wine okay nice. <laughs> But I mean, for me, and I've talked to, with you know my friends, my girlfriends, and even my staff. Like I really like enjoying a glass of wine, or with my girlfriends, or long bubble baths, or uh, reading, taking a time to read a book, or oh, just the fireplace at home with my pit bull. 
I'm a pit bull advocate, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Um, so just having those moments um, and then spending time with my family. That's always quality time, you know, for me and my nieces and, and everything. So self-care is absolutely important or going to a yoga class or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that you need to have that. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure what that is out for myself because <laughs> what I find myself doing is just binge drinking more. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's not a good thing either. Right. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to get up to, like, the working out stuff more. Mm-hmm. I just joined that, uh, you know, um, the Cafe Racer people, Whitney? Mm-mm. So I met her Saturday, and mm-hmm. on Facebook, she does this thing where, because um, the Boston Marathon was yesterday, mm-hmm. and they started this group where it's biking and running and walking. Um, you got to, it's 984 miles. Wow. You're, walk, you're supposed to be doing it from Chicago to mm-hmm. Boston, mm-hmm. essentially, like I, over I-90. Right. Um, they've got ways to GPS track it all, mm-hmm. um, but I've, it's like 20 bucks to join. You've got 365 days to complete all the miles, and so I joined it. Have you started? Today, 10 oh, miles. Awesome. I'm 10 miles in. Uh, wow. Yeah, I biked for about 35 minutes. And I... It, 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 <laughs> And did a little bit of walking, uh-huh. you know. But I think it's just figuring out those that structure, that activity right. level of balance mm-hmm. of work and play mm-hmm. and wellness, right? Yes. And I'm not a bubble bath person. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll try it out. That's not it. <laughs> yeah. I, I did get recently turned on to pedicures. That's yeah, a real thing. I, I know that men um, do that and, and manicures and everything too. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, my ex-husband, we're actually <laughs> friends now, and uh, we're back in each other's lives, and uh, he, he enjoys his pedicures and bubble baths and all of that. Really? Now, I yeah. got to up my bubble bath game. Yeah, bubble baths are awesome, but you asked about leadership and this whole self-care thing, and I, I before it slips my mind because sure. I'm getting older now, um, <laughs> I am older now, Um one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I did and that I continue to do is because when I I believe in personal development and training and, and growth, and it doesn't matter where you are, if you're just starting your career or if you're a CEO of a company, I believe that you need to be aware of your personal development because mm-hmm. it makes you a better leader and i actually just did this for myself i mentioned that i'm in that leadership program right now and the first part of it was personal development and it has been an amazing experience for me um it's been a long time since i did something like this for myself and it's been really eye-opening it has um, made me look at things a lot better a uh, different perspective in how I handle things. And uh, this this personal development program that I went through um, is out of Vegas, and it's uh, from Choice Center University, and the focus is on emotional intelligence. So I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's a study that was done by Harvard. So those that study like emotional intelligence and are aware of that, uh, they're seeing better success, like in all areas of someone's life, financially, uh, business, career, relationships, awesome. and love, all of that. And I went through this, and um, it has been just an amazing experience for me. So you think that you you can never learn much more, and then you find out so much more that I've learned about myself. Really? Yes. Yeah, so it's been an amazing experience for me. So for me, that was another self-care thing that I decided going into this year that I was going to make sure that I was going to I was going to do, and um, I've done it, and I'm I'm learning more about emotional intelligence, and it is really helping me in my relationships with my family with my loved ones, um, with my brothers, uh, you know, just my girlfriends, like every relationship, I, I'm more aware of um, how do we make these you know this better because we're only here for a short time. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. Well, the emotional intelligence is a, is an, is fascinating, um, mm-hmm. and I find myself that it, it, what what I felt like what I who I was four years ago is not who I am today. Absolutely. And I find myself being caught in the moment a lot, mm-hmm. which is uh, either positive or negative depending right. on how you look at it. Yeah. And so being able to kind of have that. Um, I guess education yeah. or that awareness mm-hmm. to just being ahead of it mm-hmm. as opposed to being always in reactionary right. would be really nice. I had a breakdown moment last Friday where I actually got involved with a uh, social media spat and I haven't <laughs> never done that and never saw the value. Were you in drinking? It. 
No, I just... I, I just for, <laughs> you should not be on social media <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're drinking. That's a good call. <laughs> I just got so frustrated by like... Because I feel like I'm pouring my heart and soul into this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like I'm working all the time. And for someone just to kind of just like dismiss it. Sure. Like just like without ever even doing any research. Mm-hmm. Just whatever, for whatever reason, in that moment drove me insane. <laughs> <laughs> I wish... Absolutely. And like even as soon as it was over, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I even engaging in this? Right, you know? And right. so... Um, but, but but so I'm using that as an example of being mm-hmm. aware, mm-hmm. right? And being and so like, what are some of like? Uh, do you have any specific examples that like you feel like? I know you've mentioned like family ones. You don't have to uh-huh. go there, but just um, yeah. in some capacity that you like is helping you be more aware. Yeah, just the way that I even deal with uh, situations. Um, so being more aware of my thoughts and feelings and everything. Like emotional intelligence has really like being aware of who I am, and then. Uh, it's experiential learning that you know some of the exercises were. So I actually discovered things about myself that I didn't even know that I was holding on to, like of why I think a certain way or why I do things a certain way. And then so those kind of things were like, well, I they call them limiting beliefs, and we all have them. And it, I was able to through this program be able to understand why I feel a certain way and one of the things that I'll share because being vulnerable is something that is really good for men and women um, to be able to be vulnerable and share what those things are so what I realized in this whole process one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had was that people look at me I'm like such a strong woman and all of that but sometimes I I'm not like I want I need support too like sometimes I'm not okay and it's okay to not be okay because everybody looks at me and like oh she's got it together oh she's no it's not that way like I'm a human being too you know and then um, having gone through what I've gone through in my relationships um, seeing what I saw as a young child with my dad and my mom and then being in an abusive relationship and then all of that I realized that I don't have well I didn't um, have a lot of empathy for men or I don't trust them like I would a, a woman you know what I mean so interesting and so like that's yeah. not even something that's at the top of your head it's just kind of like your reaction it's, to the experience yeah and I'm like why do I feel you know everyone's like Linda you're single why aren't you dating because I don't want to date and then I realized that um there was no one who, there was no one interesting in me that I wanted to date but <laughs> um but what I realized too is that that is something that I have with men like I don't they're liars they're cheaters they're you know so that was something that came out in this discovery for myself and um yeah that was pretty impactful for me to be aware of that you know so what does your not okay look like because like my not okay (laughs) is like uh I'm just paralyzed by analysis and I'm like ready like I've got a level of anxiety that I can't explain Uh, yeah and that's what it is like anxiety and like let me just cry let me just be have a moment of a pity party let me just be just show that i'm so overwhelmed with so many things going on that people rely on me for and that sometimes i just want to just i just want to cry i just want to say you know someone say okay linda it's okay things are going to be okay like I have those moments too. So that's what my not okay looks like. Like I don't have it together all the time. Yep. You know, I'm a, I'm a human being. And then like dealing with trauma and dealing with all of that. And then, you know, if something happens to my family and they're going through something like I carry that with me. You know, I want to, I get stressed out because I want to make sure that my nieces who are all girls and because I want them to be strong, like if they're going through something, you know, I feel it or some you know what I mean so it's just like I can't be that strong for everybody all the time like I want someone to say you know Linda it's okay lean on me lean on me yeah 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 and it's tough because when you're in that role it feels kind Mm -hmm. of isolated Mm -hmm. it does and you feel like you're kind of like on your own sometimes you know and it's hard to kind of bring everybody into that Mm -hmm. but also having to make decisions yeah it's really tough Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a delicate balance right yeah um so what kind of like what kind of program is that because that sounds fascinating like i'm into that you know what i would say like if anyone wanted to find out more about it again it's in it it's based out of las vegas so um it it's uh 
there, there's two components to it. So there's uh, five weekends, really. And a lot of people just do the first two weekends because it they can. It's called Discovery and Breakthrough. And really, those names of those weekends are really a discovery of yourself <laughs> and really a breakthrough. Um, and then some people go on to, to do the last three weekends, which is the leadership program. Um, some people just do the first two weekends and some people do the whole program. Well, wow. because I'm single and I have the time and I um, I could make that commitment right now. So I you did went the out to thing. Vegas. Yeah, so wow. it's weekends, but they're spread apart. So um, I really, I, actually my last weekend will be not this weekend coming up, but the following weekend and then I'll complete the program. And that's why I was doing that charity project right now as well. That's why I was exposed to it. But, awesome. Yeah, it's been, an amazing journey. I wish when I tell everybody about it, my girlfriends are like, "Do they do one here?" And I'm like, "No, but maybe I can make that happen." I know <laughs> I don't know if I can, but um, and people think, "Oh, you're in a leadership program in Vegas, really?" Um, it is really a program, and it is for personal development. So when I'm out there for those weekends, like I'm not partying or so anything like that. you're locked into a room yeah, pounding it out. It's emotional experience, it's um, experiential learning, and Sounds amazing. it has been a really, um, my girlfriends know, like I come back and we're crying, and then I'm having dinner with my parents, and like we're crying because <laughs> I'm sharing all this stuff, and I'm calling my brothers, and I'm like, I love, and they're like, you don't ever call me like this all the time. Oh. And I'm like, we talk through texting and social media and we keep up and that's not how um, families or people that are close to you should, you know, we should be communicating. And Yep, and I find that same problem yeah. with my family is that mm -hmm. we are the most uncommunicative group ever. Right. And so we go into isolation and just don't mm -hmm. talk. And yeah. that's not positive. Yeah, right? it's not. No, and so- Especially not when you have a baby coming. I know. Like you want to make sure that you have relationships. Well, the limitless concepts that you're talking, <laughs> the limited, the limited yes. like structures that you, yes. the beliefs, limited beliefs is how you said Limiting it, right? Limiting beliefs. Limiting mm -hmm. beliefs. Those are a real thing. And yes. you don't realize how much of the old experiences you're hanging on yeah, to absolutely. until you're in the middle of something stupid yes. that's small, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, but I was going to kind of go back full circle because it's a good segue into, um, you mentioned the Dragon Kim thing, right? Yes. So I wanted you to kind of at least explain mm -hmm. that. We mentioned some of that stuff in the green room, but you are, I know that by the time this is going to air, that's going to be, but I think it's still a good talk. Yes, it is still a right? great talk because I would love to continue to bring awareness on um, what that foundation is. So sure. um, as I mentioned, part of the leadership program um, the leadership portion is 100 days of being in this program. Um, and when you're in this program, you're partnered with a coach uh, that kind of helps you through the process. And you're setting up goals for yourself um, that you're going to complete for yourself in the 100 days. And you're with people that are going to hold you accountable. And um, so it's been a great experience. So for me, so I'll just explain it this way. So in part of the program, there is... You don't know when it's going to happen, but they present to you um, a charity that in seven days you have to raise whatever amount of money that they give you, whatever goal that they set up for you. So for seven days. So for, for me, and this has been eye-opening for me. So for me, I'm exposed to charity work. Like I, I'm in this. I've Someone been, say that's what you do professionally. Yeah, I do it professionally. <laughs> so... I was like, oh, that's a great thing. We're gonna, they're gonna give us a charity and we're gonna raise money for it and everything. So for me, that's normal to do charity work. Um, what I found is that in this, the seven days, uh, you know, there's, there's 43 other people in the entire team. Some of them have never been exposed to charity work. So now I understand why they've added this element to it. Because for me, I think, oh, everybody knows charity work. Right. Like who doesn't <laughs> volunteer for something? Or there's cancer awareness. There's um, you know suicide prevention. There's domestic violence. There's um, at how many more things? Child abuse. All of these different causes and nonprofits and the I and I'm not judging them at all. It was just eye opening that. Some people haven't been exposed to it. So now I understand why they have this piece 
in this leadership program. And that is, and the leadership program has been amazing because it wants to expose everybody. Like you're blessed in what you do in this world. You should be giving back at some point. Yep. And it, it's not just about you. It's about there are so many less fortunate than we are. And it's teaching a lot of people like to give back to the world and make a difference in the world. So sure. that's how this project came up. Um, I loved, I love it because I know I understand charity work and different causes. Now, the coach, uh, Coach Daniel, he is my specific coach through this process, and um, his story uh, is very tragic of what happened to. You know, to his son and why this foundation was created. You said a tree fell on him, right? During yes. the vacation at the Yosemite. 14 like, years old, him insane. and his best friend. And um, I mean, when you talk about just tragic and sudden and unthinkable, uh, a tree falling there with their family camping and falls on their son and his best friend's tent. And um, hearing Daniel, Coach Daniel, explain this to us and just hearing his heart and breaking down like he's he's had us all in like tears and, sure. you know, talking to his wife and everything. But his foundation was chosen for us and he was so grateful and just so thankful because he didn't expect it. He didn't even know that it was going to get chosen, but it did. And for me, I have a personal connection to it um, because he's been my coach now, my mentor for the last almost 100 days and I've been exposed to him. I know him and again, I, I feel um, for him and his family. So his son, 14-year-old old soul, uh, come, they came from a very privileged background and um, he won, He saw other children not having the opportunities that he did. So in his school, in his freshman year, he, wanted, he started a program um, for the less fortunate. So by the time he came back from his sophomore year, they were really gonna kick that off and get things moving. And then that happened in the summer right before his sophomore year. So they turned their hurt into hope and they created the foundation and they have helped change lives of so many children. Uh, part of it is a mentorship program, scholarships um, for music lessons, so forth. Um, I'm such a huge fan of mentorship. Yeah. Such a huge fan. Yeah, and you know, one of the elements of it, and I love this, one of the elements of the program or the foundation is a community service project. So they're nice. teaching young children at that age early on what it is to give back and help. And I have been fortunate enough to be on calls with some of these students that have been part of the project and they just, they make me cry. I, I just, I am so touched by what they're doing at such a young age and I'm so grateful for the foundation um, for Dragon. Dragon was the 14 year old boy, wow. Daniel's son. His vision um, has continued and his vision he's no longer here but his family has continued that and they're helping so many so I do have a personal connection to this foundation now and I'm just so grateful to be a part of it the tragedy stuff is crazy the uh, yeah. and it sounds like an awesome thing and mm -hmm. I think I know like we're people are not going to hear this until your your mm -hmm. number is closed right but um, I know you'll probably be doing it again yeah and I would definitely love to throw my hat in the ring next time you do it I think that'd okay. be cool I don't know how easy it is to raise 2500 bucks I've never had to do it before but I'm yeah. into trying yeah um, and I, well, we committed to some of your staff though here, yeah or some of your partners here that, the magic yeah. mic show at the stand-up <laughs> event from Matt Barber yeah. get ready for that exactly um, and well speaking of stand-up event so that's another thing yeah. you came on to promote too, mm -hmm. right? And that's mm -hmm. going to be May 18th. May 18th. At, uh, uh, what's the name <laughs> of that place? Are you going to make me say that word? Uh, Villa Cesar. 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 Yes, in Cherville, Indiana. I've heard it said so many different ways, but I think people get the idea of where it is. It's in Cherville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I would say is go to our Facebook page uh, to check out the details. Check it um, out. Yeah, because... Uh, that fundraiser is one of our largest fundraisers, and it's a great time for a great cause. And we are a nonprofit, so donations, these types of events, uh, grants, any kind of funding and support that we can get to continue to do what we do is how we function. <laughs> so 
this fundraiser is really important to us. Awesome. And I was at it last year. Mm-hmm. Pat Tomasula was hosting it. Pat like we mentioned the mm-hmm. uh, in the green room. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome event. It looked like uh, it was everyone had a good time. Mm-hmm. I think I was at a at a table with Lauren and Carl. <laughs> which is always uh that's We have to common. say who Lauren Carl is. Lauren's- Lauren is my administrative assistant. She yes. keeps me grounded. She makes sure <laughs> that I get my stuff done. She makes sure that my life functions easier. Yes, and I've known Lauren for about a decade. Yeah. Right, somewhere in there. Um, and Carl, uh, her yeah, husband. And Carl is the husband. Who's also like an <laughs> administrator at y- the YMCA. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. way that they can get a really... Uh, actually, the first time I ever met Carl, he threw me out of a YMCA basketball game. <laughs> That's a true Fine. story. That's a true story. <laughs> it's like one of the three times I ever got in a fight in my life, and mm-hmm. it was at a Crown Point YMCA basketball game. Oh like, is that something I should be talking about publicly? <laughs> I don't know. No, don't, no, Josh. I don't know. <laughs> I was in my mid early twenties, something, sometime in that. Um, yeah. Wait, at least you were in your early twenties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Two years ago, somewhere going to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somewhere yeah. going to Chicago and swinging the roots that way. I was right. getting in meaningless fights in a YMCA men's <laughs> basketball game. Uh, that didn't even matter. Couldn't even mm-hmm. tell you won the game. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so that is a really great event. And who is hosting it yes. this this year? So our uh, Pat Thomasola was going to do it, and we built a relationship and a friendship with him. But he has his new show now. Um, so he actually recommended Mike Toomey, who is also with WGN. So he's going to be our comedian for the night. Cool. And uh, we will have um, you know live music, a DJ, um, a silent auction, and just have a really great time of networking and finding out about you know St. Jude House, see the work that we do, and how everybody contributes to that by being a part of this event. We also are gonna be doing a tribute to law enforcement. Which we're doing. Yes, that you guys are helping us do that. Yep. And um, I'm glad that you had mentioned you had already started interviewing a few of the police officers and I'm sure that was very touching. I can't wait to see the final video. Yep. Uh, that we will be showing there at the standoff. What so. we're finding out with officers is that they're fascinating. <laughs> and uh, Officer uh, Trafkovsky in particular was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they're not, the, every single one of them is a little afraid to talk on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's interesting because yeah. I know all these police and officers. They're, yeah, and they're, I'm sure they're all great. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so we were talking about one. Um, we were going to do a, uh, we do this thing called the gang does here. Uh-huh. Well, we try to. Um, and uh, we were going to have uh, Officer Trefkowski because he wants to start uh, like educating people uh-huh. on what what it's like to be a police officer. Oh, awesome. So one of us is going to get tased. Uh-huh. We don't know which you one it's going to be. You guys committed to that? Yeah, I think oh, it's wow. going to probably be the intern right now, uh, Mike. Uh, <laughs> the intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't the know intern. it yet, but he'll be doing it in a couple days. Is that him sitting on the couch? Because he he just popped up. Oh, okay. no, it's, <laughs> no like, Dan's what? getting pepper sprayed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so awesome. we want to go through like uh, the police training stuff mm-hmm. and see what that's like. We want to do with fire too. I think that'd be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just try to put ourselves in crazy situations. Yeah. 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 I'm glad that you got to meet. Um, my, well, I call him Trike. Um, he's like my little brother to me. He's like such an amazing uh, friend and police officer. But he's so young, and he is like one of the most responsible <laughs> police officers or friends in that area. That you know, he's really responsible. Sure. And one thing about him that um, little bit of you know information is his brother actually works for Tony Robbins. You know who Tony Robbins yeah, is? The, yeah, the motivational speaker. Yes, I'm no like, come kidding. on, can you get me into one of those conferences? No yes. We should have known that. Yeah, that's why he, I, he just comes from a great family. And wow. He's, he's amazing. He, so. uh, like we were, you were talking about being a Disney princess when you were younger, and <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be Ken Griffey Jr., but he really <laughs> wanted to be a police officer from like the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so that was very pretty cool to see someone actually like yeah. from a child. And he said he was always attracted to the uniform, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool. It's yeah, pretty I'm cool sure story. now it helps him with his you know girlfriends and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, he's pretty amazing. And I, I I have such a respect for law enforcement, not just because of what I do, but my dad was a police officer. My brother is I have family member, so I come from that blue line family, and I just have you know such a respect for law enforcement. Cool, so. and they need it more than ever right mm-hmm. now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so. Anytime we can help out, we try. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're limited with our time. But we'd love sure. to do anything we can with them as much as we can mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, I will. I'm just going to kind of throw some like random stuff at you okay. while we wrap it up here. Crown Point wise, what's like? I mean, let's say region, food wise. Is there any kind of restaurants you love? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> in particular, I'm sure there is better like restaurants in terms of food, but I'm doing this so you can get gift cards later. By the way, Cooper's Hawk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I nice. think you knew I was going to say that. Yep. I'm a wine club member. Um, so, you know, I love Cooper's Hog. Like, their wine. I like Chow Bella, too. So, obviously, another wine place. Yes. Um. So, yeah, that's where I think my girlfriends and I will frequent, <laughs> you okay. know, when we have dinner. But I'm, I'm Mexican, so I love Mexican food. Same here. Favorite you know. Mexican joint in this area? Well, you know, our my family's favorite rex, restaurant, Mexican restaurant, was uh, Casablanca in mm -hmm. Chicago. Okay. Um, so the owner, Emmanuel, he has passed away, but he's been a good friend of my family forever. So we still love that restaurant. But, you know, um, Mexican in this area, probably, and it might be because of the margaritas. That's what I think my wife's entire is like La Coretta is because of the <laughs> well, yes. Is that yeah, where you're gonna go? That, that was where I was gonna go. Yeah, it's like you cannot drive after yeah. that. There's just no way. I know that's a bad thing. So hopefully there's a designated <laughs> driver. Yes. But um, yeah. So my parents even like going that, and my girlfriends, you know, they have great margaritas. But I love their fish tacos. So I love fish tacos, and they're good there. Big mm -hmm. fish taco fan. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Is there anything you see from a like a downtown Crown Point area that you'd like to see it go to? Um. You know, uh, there are so many great restaurants in Chicago. And not that Crown Point restaurants are not good. Uh, they are. They're great. But it would be nice if we had like an RPM, you know. That'd be fun. Out here or, yep. you know, something like that. Or a Pequod's. Do you, you I, ever been there? I have never been there. It's pizza. Or Lux Cafe. Uh, you I mean, know, I'd be in like a Grand that. Lux yeah. Cafe, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a chain, right? I think it is. Um, I've only been to one in Chicago. Uh, I was in Vegas for my birthday, and I went to Giada's restaurant, and that was pretty amazing. Really? So, so you go to Vegas quite a bit. Yeah, I've been going It's to one Vegas place I've never been. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to go there a lot because working for the casino, and uh, whenever we would, whenever Harris would take over or acquire another property, I would, fortunate enough, be one of the ones who would go and help them train or convert new staff or, you know, so I was fortunate to be able to do that for a lot of years um so i was in vegas all the time and um i love vegas and I, it's not like i'm out to like four <laughs> or five in the morning because i'm i can't do that but vegas has so much to offer the the weather just restaurants sure. um it's a lot it's a lot of family you know now things to do and great shows so so is that the place if you could move anywhere that would be where you move um Vegas or uh, San Antonio? San Antonio. Yeah, wow. I what, love San Antonio. What draws you to San Antonio? Uh, well, I have family there, so I've I've visited you know as much as I can. But I just think it's beautiful. It's peaceful. The weather's great. Um, I San Antonio is just wonderful. So right now, like if those those would be the two options. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm sure that's in the immediate future. Right. I hope so because this weather, I can't it's take brutal. it much more. <laughs> it's killer. I've decided to stop wearing jackets out of like protest. I'm not doing protest. it again. Yeah. Yeah. My problem is I'm always cold, and like Lauren knows, even in the summer, I have a space heater on in my office because oh. I I love heat. So, <laughs> or I could just move to Cancun or something. Yeah. Well, then you got to. Well, do you know Spanish? That's the problem. Okay. I'm Mexican and I don't speak Spanish. So. That's not that rare. I've noticed that's a real <laughs> yeah. thing in this area in particular. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Duolingo. That's usually what I would, I would suggest. That's a fun app. <laughs> okay. 10 minutes a day. You talk about mental health or whatever. That's uh, You look at to learn another language. Hmm. It's like Rosetta Stone, but more tolerable. So I don't. this is where um, my a, a dumb moment comes in for me. Like I'm Hispanic, I'm Mexican, and in high school, why did I take French? Like, yeah, right. I ever? Why? I think because it was an easy class. My girlfriends were taking it. I'm like, yeah. And now, like in my adulthood, in my career, like if I had that language, like, you know, spoke Spanish, that would be great for me. And how I, many French people come to your uh, your shelter? None. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't know. Even know if I've been exposed to a French person. <laughs> I don't even know. Ever. Ever. <laughs> French bread, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is so. there anything you'd like to add while, while we're wrapping up um no just really thank you for the opportunity i love being able to talk about what i do because it creates awareness for 
a topic that people don't like to talk about. And just this opportunity, because it got, uh, I was able to tell you a little bit more about me and how I've been doing, you know, personal development and leadership and how I have a new passion now with the Dragon Kim Foundation. And um, so I love, and I got to talk about my family and just things about, you know, me a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we you. try to not make it so like uh, pluggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's good. It's more conversational. Yeah. Um, but they can find you across all social media platforms, I'm guessing, right? Pretty much. I keep my Facebook um, profile public just because I do it a lot of awareness and um, inspirational, I'll post inspirational stuff. And so it is public. Um, I If I get messages that <laughs> just are not good i'll just never respond or have to block somebody but um no i keep it pretty um public apparently um with when brie was on the show uh we tagged her in our post and i guess that was an issue Oh, oh <laughs> i really? guess uh it, it caught the attention of our male fans and so oh, i guess that got a little yeah. aggressive yeah um, i think i've put it out there enough like people don't bother me as much good good yeah because they start coming out of like just strange places. I don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's worse with guys, guys for some reason do that. Mm-hmm. I'm still searching for my first uh, stalker. <laughs> That's like, not Why male. can't I have a stalker? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I guess that means I, I got 970 more yeah. miles to go before you know that happens. You know what the interesting one is, though, is when they reach out because they want to talk about the charity or how can we partner. Mm. What do you do that we could partner um no <laughs> no <laughs> right, right this is not it. a legitimate request that sounds like another responsibility lauren needs <laughs> yeah I'll let her go through, through my facebook messages yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well thank you for coming on thank you for having me and uh i'm sure it won't be the last uh and I so uh it. you can uh find us at across all platforms at local 219 and at twitter at local underscore 219 thanks again for coming thank and you. then you'll be able to check this out on friday so uh Yay. Talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye.